Poitre Andrevich fell silent, gazing into the fire. Artyom gave a loud cough and said, Yeah, I should have shot the thing, of course. I was an idiot. A shout came from the south, from the direction of the station. Hey there, at the 400th meter. Everything okay there? Poitre Andrevich folded his hands into the shape of a megaphone and shouted in reply, Come closer, we've got a situation here. Three figures approached in the tunnel from the station, their flashlights shining, probably patrol members from the 300th meter. Stepping into the light of the fire, they put out their flashlights and sat down. Hi there, Poitre. So, it's you, you here. I am thinking to myself, who'd they send off to the edge of the earth today? said the senior patrolman, smiling and shaking his cigarette from his back. Listen, Andrielka, one of my guys saw someone up here, but he didn't get to shoot. It hid in the tunnel. He says it didn't look human. Didn't look human? What did it look like, then? Andre turned to Archeum. I didn't even see it. I just asked for the password and it ran off, heading north. But the footsteps weren't human. They were light and very quick. And if it had four legs instead of two, or there, winked Andre, making a scary face. Or three, winked Andre, making a scary face. Artyom choked, remembering the stories about the three-legged people from the Falavskaya line, where some of the stations went up to the surface and the tunnel didn't run very deep at all, so they had almost no protection from the radiation. There were three-legged things two-headed things and all kinds of weird shit crawling all over the metro from those parts. Andre took a drag of his cigarette and said to his men, Alright guys, since we're already here, why don't we sit down for a while? If any three-legged things crawl up on these guys again, we'll lend a hand. Hey, Artyom, Got a kettle? Poitry Andrevich got up and poured some water from a canister into a beat-up suit-covered kettle and hung it over the flame. In a few minutes, the kettle began to whistle as it came to a boil. The sound so domestic and comfortable made Artyom feel warmer and calmer. He looked around at the men who were sitting at the fire, all of them strong, dependable people. Hardened by the challenging life they led, he, they led here. You could trust men like these. You could count on them. Their station always had the reputation for being the most successful along the entire line, and that was all thanks to men gathering here and to others like them. 
They were all connected to each other with warm, almost brotherly bonds, and to others like them. They were all with almost brotherly bonds. Ardem was just over 20 years old and had come into the world when life was still up there on the surface. He wasn't as thin and pale as the others who'd been born in the metro, who wouldn't dare go up to the surface for fear of radiation and the searing rays of the sun, which are so ruinous. Four, underground dwellers. True, even Ardium, as far as he could remember, had been on the surface only once, and then it was only for a moment. The background radiation there had been so bad that anyone who got a bit too curious would be completely fried within a couple of hours. Before, he'd even managed to enjoy a good stroll and see his fill of the bizarre world that lay on the surface. He didn't remember his father at all. His mother had been with him until he was five years old. They lived in Tamarazeskaya. Things had been good and life had gone smoothly and peacefully until Timorazaskaya fell victim to a rat infestation. One day, huge gray wet rats poured from one of the tunnels in the dark side of the station without any warning. It was a tunnel that plunged off to the side, a dis disregarded branch of the primary northern leg, which descended to great depths only to become lost in the complex network of hundreds of corridors. Freezing, stinking labyrinths of horror, the tunnel stretched into the kingdom of rats where even the most hopeless adventurer wouldn't dare to go. Even a wanderer who was lost and couldn't find his way using underground maps and paths would stop at this threshold, sensing instinctively that the black and sinister danger emerging from it and would have rushed away from the gaping crevice, crevasse of that entrance as though from, a, from the gates of a plague-infested city. No one bothered the rats. No one descended into their domains. No one dared to violate their borders. They came to the people. Many people perished that day when a living torrent of gigantic rats, bigger than had ever been seen at either the stations or in the tunnels, had flooded through the cordons in the station, burning all of its defenders and its population muffling their dying screams with the mass of its bodies, consuming everything in their path, the living, the dead, and their own falling comrades. The rats tore ahead further and further, blindly and inexorably 
propelled by a force beyond human comprehension. Only a few men remained alive, no women, no old men or children. None of the people who would normally have been saved first, but rather five healthy men who had managed to keep ahead of the death wreaking torrent. And the only reason they'd outrun it was because they'd happened to be standing near a trolley on watch in the southern tunnel. Hearing the shouts from the station, one of them sprinted to see what had happened. Temeriazeskia was already perishing when he caught sight of it as he entered the station. At the station's entrance, he understood what had happened from the first revelant, revelants of rats seeping into, onto the platform and he was about to turn back, knowing that he couldn't possibly help those who were defending the station, when suddenly his hand was seized from behind. He turned around and a woman, her face contorted with horror, pulled insistently at his sleeve, shouted in an effort to overcome the many voice, voice choir of despair. Save him, soldier, have mercy. He saw she had handed him a child, a child's hand, a small chubby hand, and he grabbed the hand without even thinking that he was saving someone's life, and pulling the child behind him, and then picking him up and tucking him under his arm, he raced off with the frontrunner rats in a race with death, forward through the tunnel where the trolley was waiting with his fellow patrolmen. He started to shout at them from afar, from a distance of 50 meters or so, telling them to start up the trolley. The trolley was motorized, the only one of its kind in the surrounding 10 stations, and it was only because of it that they were able to outrun the rats. The patrolmen raced forward and flew through the abandoned station of Dimitrovskaya at full speed where a few hermits had sought shelter just managing to shout to them, run, rats. Without realizing that there was no chance of the hermits saving themselves as they approached the cordons of Savel Savyalovskaya, with whom, thank God, they had peaceful arrangements. They slowed down so they would, wouldn't be fired at. They would have been taken for raiders at such high speeds, and they shouted at the top of their lungs to the guards, Rats! The rats are coming. They are prepared to keep. They were prepared to keep running right through Savyolovskaya and further along the line, prepared to beg to be let through as long as there was somewhere further to go, as long as the gray lava hadn't mutated the entire metro. 
But luckily, there was something in Saveo Muscaya that would save them. The station had perhaps the entire Sipofovska Tamariskaya branch. They were nearly at the station, soaked in sweat, shouting at Savayalaskaya guards about their narrow escape from death. Meanwhile, the guards at the post were quickly pulling the cover off of some kind of impressive-looking piece of kit. It was a flamethrower assembled by the local craftsmen from spare parts, homemade but incredibly powerful. When the first ranks of rats became visible, gathering force, gathering force, and you could hear the rustling of the scratching of a thousand rats paws from the darkness, the guards fired up the flamethrower. They didn't turn it off until the fuel was spent. A howling orange flame filled the tunnel for ten, tens of meters and burned the rats, burned them all, without stopping. For ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, the tunnel was filled with the repulsive stench of burnt flesh and the wild screeching of rats. And behind the guards of Savayolovskaya, who had become heroes and had earned fame along the entire metro line, the trolley came to a stop, cooling down. On it were the five men who had fled from Temarayazeskia Station, and there was one more. The child they had saved, a boy, Archeon. 